Hello and welcome to the Non-Breaking Space Show. Our guest for this episode is Val Head, who is a designer and consultant based in Pittsburgh, where she works with agencies and small businesses to make fun and effective websites. Christopher and Sam are your hosts for this episode, and they talk with Val about education, learning to code, pre-processors, running a conference, and meetups in your community. Christopher Schmidt just finished wrapping up the online CSS Summit over at cssummit.com, and while you're waiting for him to come up with a new summit be sure to pick up his latest book, Designing Web and Mobile Graphics, sold at dwmgbook.com or wherever fine and crazy illicit books are sold. Sam Capula is a design educator and designer in Austin, Texas, where she teaches responsive web design and typography at Texas State University. And of course, all this stuff is on our show notes at nonbreakingspace.tv. Our guest, Val Head, can be found on Twitter at VLH, and she blogs at valhead.com. Thanks for listening to our show. If you love it, we'd love it if you'd leave us a rating in iTunes, uh, review, comment, concern. Christopher and Dave and myself all love each and every one of the comments, but especially the five-star ones. So enjoy the show. Yeah, well, just uh, our first question that we always ask is, uh, uh, well, well, first, we'll like honor the heavy here uh, for, for the show and everything. And um, well, the first question that we always ask is like, how'd you get into web design? Uh, and, I, and I asked that just because like we're in this, you know, people just don't, you know, unlike, unless you're a student of Sam's, people don't really go to school. Like in, in our, in my generation, in my case, they go to school for web design and usually they come about in, in, in usually more, more often come in an indirect way of getting to web. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, um, well, first, thanks for having me. It's pretty fun to do. And, um, yeah, it's, it's hard, you know, how I got into this is sort of weird, I used to think it was a really um, unique story, except I'm running into more and more people with almost the exact same story. So <laughs> now I have a new theory about it. Um, I was in a band in like in university, and um, you know you need to do a bunch of promotional stuff for that. And one of the things we needed was a website. So you know one of us had to learn how to make websites because we had no money. <laughs> yeah. Being students and musicians, right? right. Um, and so I started doing it for that, and um, you know started making our site. Ended up liking it enough that I started doing some for other bands. I also did a lot of photography for other bands, uh, and then somehow managed to get my first job at a web design studio uh, once I graduated. And was kind of amazed that you could get paid to do this. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 what what band were you in? Like, what type of music do you guys play? Um, I was in a band. I guess the, the best way to describe it is like a pop punk band of sorts. It was like a three piece, kind of loud. Um, you know, we didn't do. We weren't like hugely famous or anything. We toured between like Chicago and Boston a few times and released a couple of things, but nothing crazy. I mean, it was definitely not going to be a full time career. <laughs> But it was so much fun and, you know, I've probably, it's what got me into this and I've made some of the best friends I've had through doing that. So, okay. you know, it wasn't a waste of time, but it's definitely, you know, <laughs> I'm not a professional musician. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so so what, what did you play or what, 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 what was your role in the band? Um, I was a singer and guitar player. So, oh, nice. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. It was a fun way to spend a few years. I'd totally do it again sometime. <laughs> just, you know. Yeah. Um, this is a little bit more. I guess it's easier to sit in front of a computer than like load up a van with equipment every day, though. Right. Yes. Exactly. I, I, I don't know if I've got that in me anymore. Oh no. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't. Um, so, do you mind if I ask what your name of your band was? 
Um, the band, that particular band was Palomar Sky Survey, and I was also in a band called the Larkin Administration at the time, which was obnoxious and arty. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Did you ever, like, go back and just put your stuff on iTunes or um, you know what? I think some of the Larkin administration stuff is. I think there was a couple of live shows that ended up on there. Mm-hmm. But it was just before the time where people were really sharing much music. It was, you know, you needed a site to show where you were playing and to try to get booked. But um, we didn't really do too much as far as getting stuff, actual songs online. I, I know I found a couple a few years ago and I was amazed I could find them. I should look for them again. Though it might be embarrassing to listen to now. <laughs> <I see. laughs> Um, so do you mind if I ask like what, what time period this was? Like like was this like pre MySpace? No, no, MySpace was around. It was like early two thousands. So maybe, you know, now I'm thinking about like maybe we just missed the boat on the whole like internet song stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like stuff was out there. We just apparently weren't paying attention. <laughs> cool. Entirely possible. So and uh, so like you just built a custom website and you just totally bypassed MySpace altogether and Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was just something that seemed really interesting to me. And I was like, this sounds like fun. Why not? Yeah. So, so like you just built the whole thing from scratch or did you just like, you know, just view source or just copy other bands' websites or like, like a lot of, yeah, a lot of view source. I I did know a couple of people who knew how to do it. So I would buy them beers and have them explain to me how you made like HTML. (laughs) So it wasn't like totally self-learning, but yeah, I guess back then like view source was kind of just how you figured out anything, right? Yeah, exactly. Pick apart someone else's work and try to build it back up in something that you wanted to do. And I'm sure it was a total mess. Right. Cool. For my students, they... My students think MySpace is the origin of web design because when they come into the intro class, they're like, oh, just like MySpace. I'm like, yes, totally. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but I, I guess, well, it's its own little like kind of microcosm of the web design world, isn't it? I mean, you can do it. Is MySpace still exists, right? Oh, yeah. They just rebranded and are like, we did a new push of things recently. Yeah, but like, you could do anything you wanted on MySpace, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's so. I guess if I guess, but yeah, websites aren't really MySpace. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. gonna be that's gonna be a fun first class when you're explaining that to them. Oh yeah, yeah. I, just, I I knew it was weird when my local uh, burrito shop had a MySpace page, and I was like, um, I don't think is that really are you guys a band? I don't know, like, <laughs> Yeah, and then it just kind of took off from or whatever it is now. I'm not even sure what they're trying to be anymore. Yeah. Um, so, so, okay, so you're a pop punk band, got, you're learning websites, developing websites, and then um, you just you know parlay that into a uh, man. I just use the word parlay. Uh, <laughs> I just fancy. I know, man. Like, hey, I'll also do some swashbuckling at the end. Um, so at the so in your first web job, like your professional web job, mm-hmm. like like what was that like? I actually ended up with a really good first one looking back on it. Um, it was um, a web design company who was just getting into building CMSs or I guess, they called them update engines at that place. Mm-hmm. Sounds fancier. Um, so they had a whole secondary department that was where they had all their junior people. Mm-hmm. And you would basically have to update client sites that weren't built with these update engines that were built before that. Mm-hmm. So every project or every task was basically like, 
go into this thing that someone's already, you know, the guy down the hall built and you have to add this button or add this text or, you know, design a new thing for it. So it was, it was great because my job was basically to go ask the guy down the hall, you know, how he built it to begin with Mm -hmm. and then change it. So that was pretty good learning experience too. Cause honestly, I, I was so not qualified for that first job. I mean, I made a couple band sites, but I had no business being (laughs) hired as a web designer those first couple of years. (laughs) You know, you just kind of, fake it till you make it. Right. So it worked out great that my, my job was kind of, you know, I had to build upon things that were already there. So it wasn't like if it was easy to cover up if I didn't know how to do something. So it's be like, so what were you intending here? (laughs) Interesting. Oh, tables. I see. Okay. (laughs) So, but it was great because I got to do a little bit of everything and learn a ton on the job. So Mm -hmm. it was pretty, it was, it was a good, it was a good first step. So did you have to deal with nested tables or were you beyond that at that point? I think it was, I know that there were some sites that were pretty old that were table-based and it was in a weird transition-y time because they were doing the whole CMS stuff. Of course, they were building their own, which is what everyone did in the early 2000s, I assume. Um, And they had some, you know, they were moving to CSS-based layout, but there's still some table-based layout. Um, So it was kind of a good overview of all the things. Mm. You're like, oh, I have to learn how to do this this way, but it'll never get done that way again. I see. Um, and I'm pretty sure they still had, like, I think I remember still testing in Netscape or something. It was like, <laughs> you know, this weird, weird time for web design. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember, like, 2000, like, we're all, like, trying to, like, get CSS to work for layouts. So, yeah, like, yeah. Just... Which, I mean, I know I struggled with it a lot, but I was also just learning it. But I imagine that, like, it was not... It probably wasn't as easy as we're like, oh, then we just use CSS for layout and everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't think that's really how it went. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was a, yeah, it was definitely an interesting time to be doing this. Yeah. Sam, so, so do you teach your students right out of the box like CSS layouts or do you guys go back in time and just do nested table layouts? Oh, no, I don't even show them any anything table-related unless they're making a website for a bank that needs cells of some sort, yeah. some sort. Yeah. No tables. Okay. Well, well, interesting I'll show them the Space Jam it? website, though. <laughs> Space Jam? Have you seen the Space Jam website? No, I've not seen the Space Jam. Oh, it's amazing. Oh. If, um, Warner Brothers has kept it alive. Oh, the Space Jam. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, so it's like retro internet that's still on the internet? Yes. Oh, oh, that's amazing. Well, it, it contains a little bit of Michael Jordan's greatness, so you must preserve it at <laughs> all costs. So. The You've Got Mail website is also up, and that one's in Flash. Oh, if you're a Meg Ryan, Tom's Hank fan. Oh, yeah. Well, I also remember, like, Zeldman did uh, Batman Returns, I think. Or Batman, yeah. Or the, the second Batman movie or something like that from Tim Burton or something like that. And that was and, like, that was his, like, his thing with Warner Brothers. I remember him doing that. And, I'm pretty sure that one's sticking down. I may be wrong on that one, but, but I remember that was like, like late '90s or something like that. So that was kind of, or mid '90s. I don't know. But um, but yeah, yeah, classic websites. I hope someone has like a catalog of like classic websites that are still available, like live. Hmm. I would love to go through that some afternoon. It sounds like a fun afternoon of interneting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. But, uh, <laughs> You're like, oh man, we used to do that. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Um, so, so, um, so what, so you, you're, you're updating websites, you're learning all this stuff, and then do you stay with the job or do you go on or do you like, what, what's the next step? Like, 
Um, I, well, I ended up leaving that job probably earlier than I would have wanted to, um, just for visa issues. And then um, I ended up doing a, a few years in e-learning, which was also very interesting um, because you know e-learning is very different than just regular web design, and you've like totally different user goals and everything. And I think that's where I first realized, like, holy crap, people are trying to use this stuff. Maybe we should design for that, <laughs> you know, as opposed to just like, let's make it awesome and just, you know, whatever is the latest trend. It was kind of like a wake up call for like, oh God, people need to actually get something done. I okay. see. <laughs> oh, you said, you said visa issue? Yeah. Um, well, uh, I'm Canadian, so I had to have a work visa to be in the States for a little bit. So that ran oh, out. Oh, okay. Then I moved back home um, to Toronto and was there for a few years. So, okay. yeah. Okay. It's probably good though, because that place was it was a good web design company, but it was also like you know, that was also the time where everyone everyone was buying web design companies, so they got bought, and it was probably a good time to leave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, once the huge corporate people came in, I don't think it was going to be quite the same place anymore. Yeah, that's it's kind of hard to, to maintain the culture. Yeah, after someone gets buys. All right, cool. So Canadian, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and then visa issues, and then. Uh, so e-learning, what what about e-learning? Like, what were you doing there? Like, I like you say you're e-learning, but I'm not really sure what that means. Well, it's basically um, a university um, was like, "Hey, we want to. We've heard this e-learning thing is cool, and we're going to hire a bunch of young kids because they don't cost much mm-hmm. um, to basically develop our entire e-learning system." Um, so it was a really cool challenge because we were like, you know, you're. A few years out of school, you're just like, yeah, awesome challenge. Let's build this thing. And we sort of had no idea what we were doing and just kind of, you know, built things as we went along. But it was a really fun challenge to do and just be in that, um, you know, we had to design everything. Um, they had an, a, an e-learning system they were using, so we didn't have to do any backend stuff. But it was just a small team of us trying to figure out, like, how to make e-learning good. And somehow someone at the university thought that was a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it worked out pretty good. We, we managed to... Um, the student feedback we got was pretty good, so it worked out. But it was, it was. I think that was early e-learning-ish. I'm not really sure when e-learning became a thing, but it was the first I'd ever heard of it. So to me, it was just like, wow, people take classes online? Amazing. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I was, um, 2000, 2001, I started my teaching online for the first mm-hmm. time. So, and I've been, I did that for like a decade. Yeah. So, but, um, but I know like my alma mater was like, gearing up for it. it's 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 huge i mean and also like i mean i guess in some some ways environments for humans is is e-learning yeah i mean you guys use connect which is often used for e-learning stuff yeah, yeah. just it's a it's a different slightly less stuffy flavor of it yeah so so we're doing like and then um and then i i, I work for a system our school that our company that does um what they use they used um angel mm-hmm. i'm not sure that's what you used or or whatnot. What did you? I think it was Intralearn or Blackboard, something like that. Oh yeah, Blackboard. That... Blackboard's been. I mean, Blackboard's been around forever, so it's probably that. Yeah, yeah. Blackboard I used because um, I was a TA um, for uh, for interactive, and I had to teach classes, and I used Blackboard mm-hmm. for that. They actually make every student use use Blackboard to teach their grades. So, so Sam, like, what do you? I mean, do your students have to use some online? Yeah, they have to use something that's pretty much exactly like Blackboard, but it's called Sakai, or the Bobcat uh, Tech State Bobcat version of it is called Tracks, and um, it's it's really cheesy. Everything here is named after cats somehow, um, which that's is awesome cool. at the same time. 
And um, when I was in grad school here, though, we tried uh, – the MFA program was completely online because it was nights and weekends. And then anything during the week, you used um, AIM chat Mm -hmm. and you used Adobe Connect every once in a while. And then as many people who could get on Skype behind one computer as possible. (laughs) (laughs) So it worked out well. It's funny how like for online learning stuff, it's just like kind of hacking together every possible channel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the, the man, like so much duct tape. It's not funny about that. Well, there's no I haven't, I haven't tried Ustream. Ustream. Oh, Ustream. sorry. Have you guys used Ustream at all? It's um, it's like a live stream, and you can record it from your phone or iPad or anything, and it just records everything in front of you. You send somebody a link; they can see it as it's happening. Um, no, I I know some I people. Used it. I know I've seen some colleges use it for like commencement streaming. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you know, if, if relatives can't see a commencement um, uh, celebration for their their relatives, or uh, they put on, I, I saw that happen once, but I haven't. Um, I, I mean, uh, video is really hard <laughs> for me to get a grasp around because I've, I don't know, but I feel like that's where everything's going now. So, but uh, but yeah, but I haven't used UStream for for much because. Um, is can you just like broadcast, like you just like do a webcam and you just like shoot it out to people? And yep, pretty much. I mean, I sent my parents a link. Uh, my parents live outside of the country, so I just sent them a link for my MFA graduation and had my iPhone broadcast every single moment of it. So as I'm walking up to the <laughs> university president getting my degree, they're seeing me shake her hand and they see me walk on by and trip over myself. All of that. <laughs> That's amazing, though. That I mean, the internet's like practically magic when you can do stuff like that. Yeah. And it's a lot cheaper it. than two people flying in from out of the country. So yeah, like pay for a little extra bandwidth so you can actually you know get the video in proper speed. <laughs> right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So I haven't done UStream that much, but um, but yeah, it didn't. Then also like Google Hangouts are, are popular now, and and uh, I don't know, it's newfangled stuff. Like I get. I'm, I'm noticing a lot of the Google Hangout stuff also being used in like CNN interviews or anything. Yeah. Um, you know, NPR, anything like that, you hear the little sounds that uh, Google um, Hangouts or Skype make, and I love that you can hear that now in oh, yeah, a lot of these like, conversations. You're like, I know what you're using. I know that mm-hmm. Skype sound. Yeah. <laughs> and you look around at all of your devices and think that somebody's calling you, but it's just what you're listening to. Yeah, that's more what happens. You're like, oh, I'm getting a, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the TV show. Or when someone gets a text message in a movie or something, I hate that. Right. Like oh, it's my phone. No, it's not. <laughs> well, well, also like um, they they skyped in someone for the uh, Zimmerman trial, and they uh, exposed. Uh, yeah, they showed his name. His name, and some people were like trying to call him in the middle <laughs> of the thing. <laughs> oh my like, gosh! Yeah, and so I think they went back to the old school like uh, conference call. What do you do in that scenario? Do you put your right hand over your mouse and? That yeah, how do you lie? Uh, I know. <laughs> Supply your own Bible. <laughs> it's just like, did you get the FedEx Bible that we sent you? Okay. <laughs> so. Do you have your Bible ebook? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's an iPad. You just put your hand on. It. <laughs> like I swear, there's a copy of the Bible on it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh man, yeah. So, okay, cool. So yeah, so there's e-learning, and then um, so so your teaching courses. Oh, no, just designing them and working with the teachers to figure out, you know, how to put 
because all of those, um, all those, I guess, what would they be? Learning management systems, LMSs, they let you design things to a certain extent and then also designing sites to promote their e-learning classes, that kind of thing. So still just the web design stuff. Um, I got into some teaching later on, but that was really just building everything around it. Um, and it was for a nursing school too. So I would have had no business teaching that. <laughs> I'm like, um, nurses do stuff. Darn. <laughs> How long were you helping build e-learning sites? Um, only about two or three years. It was a pretty short grant. I mean, I guess that seems kind of long as far as career stuff goes for us. But for them, they're like, oh, it's only a two-year grant. I'm really sorry. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For colleges, that's like, I think that's pretty typical. So. Yeah, and I was like, two years? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and then, then I started working in more traditional agency stuff again. So, yeah, that was that was the kind of e-learning tangent of my career, but it was a pretty fun one. Okay. So you think you went from, from Toronto back to the States or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I moved back about 10 years ago, so. Okay. So I've been here for a while now. Now I'm in Pittsburgh doing my own thing, so. Okay. Cool. So, and then um, just doing your own thing. Have you been contracting since then? Yeah, just freelance and consulting um, and then a lot of teaching, teaching workshops and, and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, which I find really fun. I love getting in a room with a bunch of people and just like, let's talk about doing some really fun stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I've been doing a lot on um, CSS animations and just, you know, dealing with CSS creatively and less so of a thing that we use to decorate, a, you know, a fancy piece of paper on the screen, essentially, and, you know, making it do more stuff. Um, and also teaching a lot of code for designers type classes with JavaScript or processing and that kind of thing. Because yeah. okay. I, th- I think that's a fun one to teach as well. Yeah. So is that, is that mostly what you do? Is this workshops now? or, or? Um, it, it varies. Like right now I'm doing pretty much all client work. But, you know, a month ago I was doing pretty much all workshops. So it kind of okay. depends on the time. Right. I think July is a pretty sad time for workshops. Everyone's on vacation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, we realized like um, we did an event this year or something, and it was just like um, it was like we were wondering why no one really showed up, and they realized like, oh wait, everyone's on spring break. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, because if you're not actually in school, you never think of when spring break is. It doesn't yeah, exist. <laughs> yeah, like what what's going on? Spring break? What's going on? Um, um, yeah. So 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 CSS animations and stuff. Mm-hmm. so what do you usually teach in a, in a workshop like that? Um, we, we teach a lot of stuff about, um, we'll start off with the kind of the basics of how animations work and and the syntax of it, because I feel like it's very different than your traditional CSS syntax as well. Um, and just getting the idea around, or you're getting your head around the idea of like, you're making things move and there's this time component or, you know, for 3d transforms. Now there's this like extra access, um, and you suddenly you've got three dimensions as opposed to just two. So I think getting your head around that and the syntax involved mm-hmm. can be an interesting challenge. Right. <laughs> and it's, but it's, you know, when you have everyone in the room, it's much easier than just trying to read some of this stuff. Um, because some of the specs, I'm not really sure who comes up with the syntax, but I kind of wonder about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you do, we deal with it. And then we work on, you know, doing some fun animations. We usually do something silly like making a robot dance or something and just trying to group them together and kind of compound them on top of each other. Um, and then we get into some more, you know, um, of working with kind of animated interfaces or I guess the hipster buzzword for it now is uh, transitional UIs um, of just, you know, what happens when you start making your interface move, what changes, you know, how can that make things better? How can it make it worse? How do you judge when you've done something that 
um, you know, it is, is effective and fun as opposed to like annoying. <laughs> so a lot of that kind of stuff too. Transitional UIs. Like, mm-hmm. can, you, can you explain more about that? Cause apparently um, I haven't gotten the hipster, uh, email blast yet. So. Yeah. Well, it's basically just, you know, UIs that are in motion. And, and I've, I noticed it a lot when it comes to, you know, a lot of the apps we use on our iPhone and our iPad or, you know, whatever other ones, but everyone always uses those as the example. We have, you know, it's not uncommon for those interfaces to kind of have a 3D element to them or to actually, you know, have movement to them. And on the web, traditionally, that hasn't really been the case, right? Like your basic website generally doesn't have anything moving around. It's like click, go to next page. So it's this whole level of stuff we can, now with CSS being able to do animations, you know, we have this lower level ability to actually add these little bits of, you know, intriguing, delightful things or, you know, these design details that we couldn't do before mm-hmm. that just bring it up to that sophistication level that people are used to seeing in apps. And now we can do on like any basic web, ta- web page. And, you know, we're not, you don't have to pull in a bunch of JavaScript or Flash or anything. It's just, you know, CSS and usually a little JavaScript if you want much logic because, you know, CSS isn't a programming language. But, you know, the, the barrier to... barrier to entry to make that happen now is so low it's just like we have this huge amount of power on with these tools that we've been using for years and it's kind of like this whole new light for them Mm -hmm. i love that part of it um like well like you know animations are are Mm -hmm. more you you bring bring more complexity into it uh especially if you like the 3d stuff is um i feel like i have to sit down the whole day to like learn it and then i forget it the next day um (laughs) So how do you, uh, do you use like SAS when you do your workshop, like in order to like to generate all that code easier or do you just use CSS, vanilla CSS for your workshops or? Uh, I've been using vanilla CSS just because I, I know not everybody is in on the whole SAS thing yet, um, but more and more I'm kind of thinking maybe I should start because it's a heck of a lot easier, but I would just hate to have someone come in and be like, oh man, I have to learn SAS and animations. Oh crap, I'm so far behind everyone else. Yeah. So I've been doing vanilla CSS and a lot of it with um, code pens. That way, you know, prefix free is installed. So at least we don't have to do prefixes, um, which is a huge help. But yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I, that's, a, that's a tough call. I'm kind of re, mm-hmm. I'm always reconsidering that every time I run a workshop. I'm like, should I go with the SAS stuff? Because that's what I actually use and it saves me a ton of time. But uh, yeah. You don't have to know SAS to do this. Right, yeah. Um, and as much, I mean, those of us that, that use preprocessors, I think assume everyone does, but <laughs> no, no. there's a lot of people still that don't. And, you know, some people, they don't feel it helps their workflow at all. And that's totally their call. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's tough, though. We got this kind of like branching of CSS, right? Like, do you use this or not? Oh, oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. This is the first time I've, I've heard vanilla CSS used as a term. But, uh, because I, I know people use vanilla JS, but uh, yeah. I don't really like the term vanilla anything because like vanilla that XYZ because it's just like, I think I mentioned this in previous podcasts, but it's like vanilla JavaScript just means like JavaScript, JavaScript, right? <laughs> and, and using the term vanilla just makes me want ice cream. And that is just, and I, if I can't have ice cream, I just, I just, I just can just go for some dessert now that you've been talking about it. Yeah, I know. Just, yeah. oh man. I'm not sure what to call it. Just like plain CSS? <laughs> <laughs> just CSS? Yeah. Plain old boring yeah. <laughs> no, no style CSS. I don't know. <laughs> no style CSS. We we just write properties here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no classes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, I wonder if there's going to be like a CSS purist movement like that that's going to come out of all this preprocessor stuff. They're like we're like basically unpro like super unpreprocessing. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That that's silly. Ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just imagining it now. <laughs> like selectors only, no classes, no no nothing. I don't know. There'd probably be mm. only a certain like the what they would consider the bare bones of CSS. Mm. Anyways. But um so so back to ice cream. <laughs> Back to, uh, was it um, transitional UIs? Mm -hmm. um, so do you, do, like, are you looking at, um, I think Aaron Gustafson and Brad Frost talked about, like, web components and, mm -hmm. like, like last last night or yesterday or whatever. Interface uh, inventories. Yeah, like, do, do you have something like that where you just, like, you have a demo and you just, like, start building, like, you know, 3D animated UIs and just, and it's like, hey, let's just recreate this and see how it goes and stuff like that. I'm usually not, not like a huge library, but I try to keep it like kind of project specific because usually we only have one day. So right. I try not to like totally overwhelm people <laughs> and you want to have a little bit of fun while doing it. So usually we build up one or two things and, and just kind of, um, yeah, just a couple of things, not a huge library of stuff. That'd probably be a bit too much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone wants to do like a few days of just animating interfaces, I would totally be into that. Right. So far, I haven't convinced anyone yet. <laughs> That'd be awesome just to do like an Iron, Iron Man mask, you know, Rob Downey Jr. is like floating around and you get the helmet view. That's yeah. Just like, okay, let's just end with this menu here. Okay. It's, it's interesting because doing, doing all this stuff with CSS, you know, if you're really used to CSS and you've been doing it as kind of the like, you know, um, marking up or styling up a page that's static, it's very different to think of it as having this animated quality to it or having that ability. But then on the other hand, if you've done a lot of JavaScript or Flash or whatever else and you're used to making stuff animate with script, it's very different to do it with CSS too. So there's people coming at it from different angles and I, I, think, I think they all get something a little different out of it. Right. Yeah. And then, um, uh, so, so you just do animation workshops and also mm -hmm. uh, you know, transi transitional UIs. But then also, I think, you know, for the CSS Summit, you're going to be bringing, uh, talking about animated info infographics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So. Yes, basically taking that and applying it to some infographic stuff, because infographics are pretty fun. Mm. Um, we'll just be applying that to, like, some, <clears throat> um, yeah, I guess, like, graphs and charts, but not as boring as that sounds. <laughs> but I don't know what else to call them, because essentially they are graphs and charts still, right? Like, no matter right. how awesome we make them look, <laughs> right. they're still technically... You know, graphs and charts. Right. I wonder if people never call it that. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah cause like, um, actually, like, uh, I'm, in, I'm in a co-working place, and um, and we have, like, a lot of accelerators, ex, ex, um, what's it called, like, incubators and yeah. ex, ex, accelerators. Accelerometers. Or, accelerometers. <laughs> people just want to know how, what their Y and X axis are at all times, and maybe mm -hmm. there's Z axis, too. But, um, but no, so, and so, the, so this company actually installed, like, a double-decker uh, HD monitor system of a, of a gecko board, which I'm not sure you know what a gecko board is or, or whatnot, but basically it's, it's a, yeah, it's a dashboard pretty much like a gecko board, but like, so you have, they have widgets of like, like almost everything that they have, like, uh, GitHub commits or pulls, stock price of something or other, like RSS feed and stuff like that. So then you just like, they just push it, push it up there. And, uh, I was just so, uh, captivated by it that I, um, I went to the app store for iPad and, um, there's a, the people who do a uh, panic software, panic software, mm -hmm. they actually have an app for iPad, uh, called, uh, what's it called? Uh, just status board. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so you actually make your own wid widgets and some of that. They have a custom, a few custom widgets and some of that. So, but, um, and so I'm, I'm calculated by now. So we have one for each for age. And, um, so we, so like that way I just like, we just know what's going on. And they're like kind of, it's called, I think it's called like ambient, 
mm-hmm. information or ambient um, findability or something like that. I forgot what it's called, but someone wrote a book about it uh, for O'Reilly a while back. And so, but I like it just because you just put it in the corner or put it on the TV screen or whatever, and you just glance up and you just see what's happening. You know, you don't really like you know seek out information. And so it's and whole bunch of different graphics, get line charts and stuff like that, and and all that stuff like that. But I, I like it because it just it, gets, it updates itself automatically. Mm-hmm. Which is like you know, infom- infographics is just you, know, you can think of it as kind of static. Like you see people like you know posting infographics on Facebook or in the blog posts or Tumblr's or whatever. But um, but I really like you know doing it with CSS and HTML and maybe integrating with with JavaScript that you can just update these graphics automatically. It's like, like a refresh. Some live data in there. Yeah. So that's what I, I'm really looking forward to. Like you know, I don't expect you. I'm like you know, I'm not expecting you to do that for your talks when she's at summit, but. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just 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 show people like, hey, this is we can actually do these cool things with CSS and HTML, and uh, you know maybe tie it into some backend stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, awesome. it's it's the possibilities are kind of like you know pretty much endless these days of anything you want to make, right? Like before, it used to be like, oh, I want this to be an animated thingy. I want this to my you know status board to have animated charts, and you're like, well. Kind of got to use Flash. You have no choice. But now it's like, well, you could do that, but you probably won't. You could just use CSS with a little JavaScript. You could do it in all JavaScript. You could do it like there's. You have an endless list almost of how to get stuff done now. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> but yeah, so so I, I totally had this nerd envy about gecko boards and so that. So now I'm just like, hey, iPad, you have a big HD TV. I have a. You're like I have this little one, but it I, still counts. Yeah, it still counts. <laughs> but yeah. So and then you work on. Organizing Refresh Pittsburgh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I guess on on, on the my side work is to organizing Refresh Pittsburgh and Web Design Day. So doing like a monthly, bi monthly meetup, um, and then also you know a yearly conference as well. Um, you know, this stuff doesn't take much time or anything. No. <laughs> no. So like, so like, just for people who don't know, what's the Refresh and what's the Refresh Pittsburgh? Well, Refresh is. I, I think it's um. I used to say it was a national kind of umbrella, but apparently it's international. So that's awesome. And it's basically just a loose network of, you know, groups that talk, get together and talk about web design. Um, some of them more regularly than others. We are moving to a monthly format, actually, where we're alternating, um, you know, kind of more general talks mm-hmm. with um, more very focused code talks. Like tonight is our first code talk night. Um, and then, you know, in August, we're having a regular meeting where we're going to be talking more about, you know, there won't be a bunch of code on screen, basically. Because right. <laughs> um, not everyone's into that, strangely enough. Yeah. So we're, we're doing a lot of that. And the, the community here is just great. So it's really wonderful to be able to have that much going on. And we're not the only meetup in town either. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, yeah. I was happy to, I was fortunate to like speak at Refresh Pittsburgh. Yeah. You were here in June. Yeah. I was there in June. And, uh, and you were not. No, me and Brad were like, oh, we're getting out of town. Yeah. <laughs> we were yeah. both teaching workshops somewhere else. So we're like, darn. Yeah. So it was, um, what was it? Like, it was Brad's idea of, like to do it. And then, like, yeah. you guys are gone. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, Brad was like, it's Brad Frost we're talking about. He was like, yeah. yeah, you should come down and do a refresh Pittsburgh talk. Do it. And then you were like, I can do this day. And he's like, not going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, neither am I. Ouch. <laughs> so everyone who was there loved it, though. They said it was a great night. I was, I was kind of, I'm always sad when I have to miss refresh stuff, but. Oh know. yeah, well, like uh, your partner, um, Jason, like mm-hmm. he he like did a great. Deal. I thought it was just gonna be me, but then like he had all these like uh, great speakers come out as well to do like speak as well, and then he had me. Yeah, we usually do at least two. We we always we pre- 
The way Jason likes to say it, he says he likes to set it up like a punk rock show where you have like an opener and a headliner. So we always have at least two. Yeah. First one's usually shorter than the second one. Um, and it seems to be a good format. It's like just enough that, you know, it's tough to pick one topic you can get everyone to come out with when you have two and one of them short. Right. Um, it, it's good for getting people to speak and getting people to come out because some people are intimidated by doing like an hour long talk. But you're like, hey, talk for 20 minutes or 10 minutes. And they're like, cool, I can do that. Yeah. yeah. So it's. It's good. It's nice to be flexible. Yeah, yeah. It was it was really good night and good crowd and so that. So um, I know Refresh Austin has does the same. Like they, they double up every time. And um, recently they they kind of diverted, but like in the past they they usually do um, uh, one like developer talk and one designer talk. Yeah, and that, that usually is a good like combo to get everyone out there. So, but um, but yeah, cool. And then so. How did you start doing your your conference? Like the what's the name of it again? And and like how was was just like running meetups? Like just kind of like fall into doing uh, sort of. <clears throat> I mean, it's called Web Design Day, and this is actually our fifth year, crazily enough. Um, and basically, we moved to Pittsburgh about six years ago, and really realized there is. I mean, it's much more vibrant community now. But we moved here, and we were like, you know, there's actually a pretty big community here in Pittsburgh, and they don't seem to realize what they have. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like, oh man, we're just from Pittsburgh, whatever. And you're like, no, this community is awesome. Um, and so one day over beers, somebody said we should have a conference here, and I was like, hell yes, I'm going to do it. Um, and that's kind of how that started. <laughs> <laughs> So I did it. Um, I actually started with a different conference. Uh, it was a flash conference, actually, because um, I always really liked the way flash conferences were this great mix of like digital art, web design kind of stuff, and like the practical, and then like the way out there stuff. Mm -hmm. So we did that. So my first conference ever was a two-track, three hundred plus person work uh, conference in a hotel, which is just like if don't start with that. <laughs> it was so stressful and crazy, but you know, we, we pulled it off. So we kept doing them. And, uh, web design day is, is a one day, one track conference on web design. Um, it's our fifth year. And this year we're actually adding workshops the second day. So, um, it's maybe the name is now misleading. We should probably call it web design days, but you know what, if we knew five years ago, we were still doing this, we probably would have thought of a better name. Yeah. <laughs> I always feel like such a jerk explaining web design day to like non-web design people. Yeah. They're like, oh, web design day, what do you do? And my default explanation is always like, well, it's a day where we talk about web design for the day. And I'm like, oh, man, I sound like such a jerk. <laughs> but that's what it is. It does what you it just, says on the label. Yeah. <laughs> so, or every day should just be web design day. Yeah. A, yeah, that's true. So now we get like about around 300 people out for that. So. Oh, nice started as just like we after the huge one we decided to start the second conference a little small mm -hmm. so it started out i think with like 80 people on a saturday four or five years ago i mean and um now it's like last year it was over 250 people in like a proper theater so <laughs> it keeps growing cool awesome yeah and then um that's in october right mm -hmm. october 25th here in pittsburgh so okay if you haven't been to pittsburgh it's totally worth checking out cool awesome and then, um, let's see. Oh, then also, um, so you mentioned like Flash, right? And mm -hmm. the, the mixture of the Flash conference and which I, I've never been to a Flash conference and I, at this rate, probably never will probably be. Probably never will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and so you, you talk about the mixture of like artists and, and, and tech people and stuff like that. Um, do you see like processing, which is like, like, I guess a visual design language in its own, right? I guess. 
um, sort of like that, like a like coming out of that type of. I think so in a way. I mean, probably the closest thing to the way flash conferences were, as far as a mix of like just really cool art design and also like information design, um, is the IO Festival, mm-hmm. which is a really great one run by Dave Schroeder and some other people out in Minneapolis every June. Um, and there's a lot of processing people there, a lot of open frameworks people there, um, a lot of really great data visualization stuff and just a really awesome mix of like practical things and then just amazingly artistic things and, um, you know, just that, that whole gamut. But I think processing... I mean, it's been around since before Flash, and I think people are getting into it more, maybe kind of making that move. But it's just, it's not as web-ready as Flash was. So I think that's kind of a tough part for some people. Mm. You know, there's processing JS, but that's not really processing. It's kind of like, I mean, it's amazing on its own. It kind of takes processing sketches and converts Mm -hmm. (laughs) them-ish. This is a very um, inaccurate overview to, (laughs) to like JavaScript, which is pretty darn cool. Uh, but then it's also like, well, then why not just write that stuff in JavaScript if you know JavaScript already? Mm-hmm. So it's awesome, but also not like the solution for everything. <laughs> well, how, how is it not the solution for everything? Hmm? Well, how is it not the solution for everything? Like, uh, oh, well, like, <clears throat> I teach a lot of processing workshops and I teach some JavaScript workshops as well. Maybe this is a weird example, but I would never teach a processing JS workshop because I feel like if you know processing and you want to get your stuff on the web, processing JS is perfect. Mm-hmm. But if you know neither JavaScript nor processing and you want to make things for the browser, you should just learn JavaScript. Okay. You know, just go right to the source. Okay. <laughs> but it's processing JS is awesome for getting um, a lot of processing work online because you know it, it basically by default exports a Java applet. Which like, what are you going to do with that these days? Mm. You know, um, well people use it for installations and stuff. That's awesome. But getting it online has always been. A sticking point for processing. So with processing JS, it's much less so a problem, right. and it's wonderful for that. But you know, it's not its own language or anything really in that sense. Right. Hopefully, I haven't just totally insulted all the processing right. JS people. <laughs> all the fan mail we get, we're great uh, right to you. Okay. No, there's there's there seems to be a big trend for that, right? Like even like coffee crisp, or coffee. Oh goodness, coffee. see, you start talking about dessert now and talking about chocolate bars. Um, coffee script. <laughs> you know, that's kind of like writing JavaScript without writing JavaScript. You know, like, I, I feel like that's kind of a trend lately is to have these, like, languages on top of languages. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not totally sure if, I, if, I'm, not, if I'm very into them. <laughs> yeah, so, like, so if, because you, you do a processing mm-hmm. JS workshop, right? So Just processing. Just processing? Yeah, okay. and separately JavaScript workshops, so it's okay, very okay. confusing. <laughs> yes, like, oh, man, I'm totally confused right now. I'm okay, so to processing workshop. So, so what do you teach with the like? What should people know to get started with processing? Um, for the processing classes, I've taught them a lot at the hackerspace in town. So, a lot of people coming to that are artists who have no idea how to do any programming at all. They're like brand new, the idea of programming, and they really want to start creating like digital art or you know, some sort of physical thing because processing hooks into Arduinos very easily or that's often paired up. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're interested in making physical things or making screen-based artwork or making software as art. Um, And I usually take it, take the, do the intro classes where it's just like programming for complete beginners from that artists who want to use processing standpoint. Um, And that's pretty fun to do. And I've also done one where that was a little bit crazy, or that is a little bit crazy, where we learn, we get a bunch of people together in the morning, and we learn how to 
make generative art with code and processing. And then we take a lunch break and we go to a silkscreen studio and print what we just created on screen as a two-color art print. So basically while we eat lunch, the print shop makes our screens. It's great. (laughs) That's awesome. It's a really fun day, but it was also... It's also very ambitious because you go from nothing at 9 a.m. on Saturday and by 5 p.m. you've got like a short series of art print <laughs> of art prints that you made yourself. Very awesome. Cool. And um, yeah, so I'm, man, I wish I could go to that one. So, because I feel like that's, yeah, I feel like it's a pretty, pretty awesome way to. I want to do that one a ton more. So if anyone's got, you know, venues for that, the hard part is finding a place to print, but mm-hmm. I would love to just do that constantly. It's so much fun to see what people come up with. Right. Yeah, I mean, like you do like prints, but you also do like, um, you know, exports other things too. So. Oh yeah, when you, the same process, pretty well. Not the printing process itself, but the the exporting process. You can do that to like digital printing as well. Um, but the silk screen is just a fun combination of like hands-on, like you have mm-hmm. ink all over yourself, <laughs> versus in the morning you were just typing on a keyboard. You know, like making arrays and drawing shapes. So right. it's just it's kind of taking that to the extreme. Yeah. Well, um, well, what are you excited? I mean, you, you do a lot of things like processing the animation, some of that, and client work and stuff like that. What are you, I mean, I guess we talk about like frameworks a little bit, but because uh, like <laughs> you say, like frameworks on top of languages, <laughs> if you will. Like, yeah. like, I mean, like there's CopyScript, which, you know, people like, people don't like, whatever. Um, and then there's like Hamel, right? Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, what the? I'm not really sure what Hamel is, to be honest. Yeah, people don't seem to like, like it. Like there's people who really like it, but... I tried it and I just like, I didn't, uh, I was just, I guess I, I've known HTML for so long that I just, it's so much easier for me to write HTML. Yeah. There's and, certain things just become ingrained in your brain, right? Yeah. I'm <laughs> just like, like, it just comes out. <laughs> it's like, so you don't want me to write a class name right here inside the tag. You want me to like return, I don't know, whatever it says, like return edit and like this, and it might, it automatically generates all these divs for me. And I'm like, well, that's cool, but I really don't want to, change over my whole entire uh, coding, HTML coding to, to handle just so I can get like automatic generated divs and clicking tags. And especially when there's like, I mean, when we kind of like, which is totally like a bad comparison, but to go to like SAS and say like, we'll give you variables like in your CSS, like, well, I could totally, I'm totally down with that. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> that makes sense because that I have a lot of colors I need, I, I want to reuse over and over again. And, uh, and it'd be nice to do some for loops in SAS and, and CSS all that. Whereas HTML, I'm like, well, we could use like JavaScript to manipulate the HTML if you wanted to. We could use, you know, backend code and manipulate it, whatever. So, whereas like SAS is a little bit more, I think, designer friendly for um, uh, just to make cool, cool stuff and, and get around with it. So, I don't know. It feels like there are certain things out there that are meant to make it seem like it, your process is going to be improved when it just complicates it. <laughs> Yeah, ten times more, yeah. and that I don't know what that is, but I, it sounds like something that would just complicate everything. Right. Yeah. I think it depends on the person too. Like Hamel is probably awesome for some people. It sounds like it was horrible for you, but like, yeah. not everything. We just have all these little like different paths we can go down. Yeah. It's kind of like we're all doing the same thing, but we're not. I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure I like that. Yeah, it's like uh, everyone create a wheel. Yeah. And then uh, we'll just compare them at the end of the day, and then. Uh, and then we'll see who wins. So it makes me wonder how people learn web design from scratch anymore. I'm like, you know, you can't even half the time you can't even view source with everything minimized or, mm-hmm. you know, 
Um, if and even sometimes the CSS that like SAS spits out, depending on how people have things set up, sometimes it's like mm-hmm. scary. You're like, I hope no one's using this as how to, to learn how to write actual CSS. <laughs> right. Well, like, well, like when we started out, like the view source button was like one level deep, right? From, yeah, yeah. Now it's like two or three, or it's like even hidden off, or you have to. I, I think I had to install a developer. Like you know, I think you have to turn it on in browsers yeah. now, don't you? Yeah, so it's it's kind of hard to like, you know, snare people in, if you will, some of that. So, but uh, but this is a question for Sam. Then this is like you know, you, you teach web design and uh, like, yeah. What do you think? I, I, I would say uh, a lot of students. Um, I'll, I'll show them pretty soon after they start how to view source. I mean, just a quick. Uh, option command U and they're able to see that depending on what browser they're using. A lot of them, um, they used to be a little scared of inspect elements, (laughs) but now they love it and they're now finding things that are involving all of these other languages that may manipulate your HTML and CSS and say, oh, if I just put that in, it'll work, right? And I'm like, well, that's linked to this JavaScript that's making those class names change or it's adding, Mm -hmm. you know, something like Modernizer where it's just adding all those class names in of whatever it's detecting on that browser. Mm-hmm. So they're understanding, they have a better understanding now of it that what you see isn't necessarily what was typed out. Yeah. So at, at least they're starting to embrace inspect element a lot more and they understand that and then they're just curious to want to know something that's way down the road when we're still working on, you know, classes and IDs. But Do you teach them things like using SAS and other preprocessor type stuff, or do you just have them write straight up, as we're saying, the vanilla CSS yeah, and HTML? Right now, they are all vanilla HTML and CSS, just because um, we are primarily a print program, mm-hmm. and we just happen to have web classes within it. I would love for there to be a SAS class and even a JavaScript for designers class. I know my coworker and I are working on writing that, but it doesn't exist yet. But it'd be nice down the road. I think it's good that, the, I mean... I don't know. I always sort of worry about people coming into this new. I'm like, what if you only learn SAS and you never, I mean, you could learn how to do stuff in SAS and never actually know how to write straight up CSS. Yeah. I don't know if that's good. I mean, maybe it's totally fine. And I'm just like being a bitter old person to think that's bad. But <laughs> well, the, the way that it's structured here, they have to take two classes in web before they can do the mobile class or any mm-hmm. of the special topics that we come up with. So they'd have to learn the vanilla first before they can get to the uh, rocky road or fancier. <laughs> I like that you extended the ice cream metaphor. <laughs> I feel like rocky road was the first thing that came to mind. I mean, which, whatever that isn't vanilla. <laughs> yeah, just adding a little chocolate chip or something. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> that's what sass is. It's the chocolate chips. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. they they should be able to. I think anybody coming into it now should be able to or should learn it from scratch so that they are better at also troubleshooting if anything goes wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that's easier to do when you know what you've written. Yeah, definitely. That's the, that's the first place that'll, that'll trick, or trip you up, isn't it? It's like mm-hmm. once all those layers of items, like something messes up or crosses paths or overwrites something, if you don't know what you've, what's actually being written, you're never going to find it. Yeah. <laughs> Or you'll just drive yourself crazy. <laughs> or you'll just email me and I'll help you find it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what happens. Cool. Well, it's, I think it's a good time to um, kind of slowly wrap things up. But the one thing, one question we always ask is like, mm-hmm. what things are you um, 
are you passionate about right now or like you're really interested in right now in terms of web space? In the web space? In the web space. Oh. Um, or it could be anything else. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen out of, out of just kind of what's the best way to phrase this. Well, there's this, this kind of, I guess, overarching opinion last year of like the web has gotten boring and it's soulless and everything else. Really? I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with the backlash of that, of how we're going to get back more to playing on the web. And I'm all completely into encouraging people to like play with these, you know, CSS and JavaScript and stuff that we maybe considered to be very serious, like work tools and just like go make something fun with it. Like, have fun with what we do. And I'm kind of hoping that's going to come up a little more. I've been really excited to see a lot of the experimenting going on in some places like CodePen and um, even some stuff we find on Creative.js and that kind of thing of, of people really taking these things and making it more playful and not such a, you know, just not making like the same website over and over again. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I guess it's not web stuff, but I've also been pretty excited about the more digital art projects I've gotten to mm-hmm. um, work on lately. That's all kind of been as part of web things. <laughs> I recently got to like design a font all entirely in like programming commands. So that was pretty darn fun. And it's getting um, projected as part of a digital fireworks show, like the size of a building. So, nice. <laughs> I mean, technically that's still kind of on screen, but I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about stuff like that, that just all this web stuff, you know, it's all stuff I've learned by doing things for the web that is being able to translate to things that are maybe, I don't know if it's really more permanent, but it feels just like, feels different than a screen, even if it essentially still is a screen. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about that. Cool. Awesome. And um, yeah, I wish I wish I had time. Like if, if I had time, I would probably just dive into processing JS or processing and just do more video art and like, mm-hmm. and maybe uh, learn what Ustream is. I'm not sure. And then, yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah, so like that's I find that really just fascinating because I feel like that's that's where like a lot of art is going, uh, yeah, like modern art, if you will, and some of that. So and it's fun really cool. stuff. Yeah, that's pretty really cool. So, um, how can people find you on the internet, on the web, and whatnot? Oh, well, it's all pretty. It's all pretty similar. Um, you can find me on Twitter at vlh. Um, it's my initials. I'm on Twitter all the time. Um, Valhead.com is my site. And yeah, I guess between the two of those, you can pretty much get in touch with me anyway, any, any possible method. Um, but definitely the Twitters are, is a pretty popular one. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. Thanks for having me. Cool. Until next time. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.